Oh, hey, Mo. Didn't see you there. Oh, sorry. I was just prepping, talking to uh, my backstage uh, crew over here. Welcome to Calling the Audible. It is a solo ship today. Well, there's two. It's Eagle and I, but no uh, Iggy or Izzy, as some like to call him. Someone likes to schedule games when we record our show. Yeah, and then he'd be like, oh, guys, I play on eight teams. You know, uh, kiss my in-laws' exes team, whatever they're called, right? Balls deep. Christmas yeah, something. Something, you know. Uh, I got to run these 10-minute offenses that I do every week. Uh, so I- I- Izzy is not here, but really his name is Iggy. He's not here today. So it's Eagle and I, but it's mostly I who will be carrying the ship on this uh, episode two of Calling the Audible. And, um, you know, it's funny enough, Eags were, were a few weeks in, but some teams have played three, four games. But a reminder for some of the key points that we we're going to go through before we get to the topics at hand. Uh, a reminder that you need to be four games eligible for the knockout stages. It's important that you look at your roster because now we're at the four-game point. So some teams have played half their games. So it's imperative that you look at it to make sure that you have the correct number of games. So please double, triple check your team page that you have the correct number of games for all the guys who part- who has participated in your season so far. It's awfully important because if you will come back to us, and this is Eagle, you know very well, if you come back to us, uh, the last game of the opening round or regular season. Hey, uh, Joe Schmo played week one. Well, okay, well, it's too late. You have to notify us ASAP so we can look back and backtrack and investigate to see maybe we bleeped up or, hey, your guys simply never showed up. And, and Mo, just to clarify for some teams, there is a possibility where, let's say, like, your game is uploaded the night of. It may take up to 24 hours to get the roster numbers updated, right? So, for example, like if we're looking at a roster over here, thank you, ads, the GPs that you're going to see, it's possible maybe the exact number is not updated right after your game's uploaded. But if within like a day, if the number is not correct, email us, right? Because it's supposed to give you the correct number in terms of what the games actually are. I'm using my roster because I know exactly what it should be at, but yeah. Well, I can't see anything. I'm blind right now. I don't have my glasses on. So I, I'm going to not. But your glasses like, are right there. Just put them on. I know, but I've worn glasses all day today, man. It's been a long day. Um, so anyway, so please double check that. Uh, finally, uh, rules committee suggestions. Start thinking of that. Uh, we have our fall meeting, which is around, I guess, late October, early November, uh, roughly. Yeah. So and just for everyone to, to know what we normally do is we'll hold an annual rules committee meeting where we'll look at the rule book. We'll look at adjustments we need to make. A lot of the times it's more procedural or clarifications. Right. Like, Mo, recently we had an example where the Trap Stars uh, forfeited after the first half because mm-hmm. their backup QB went down with an injury. That's right, Cooper and Young. Then, yep, and then they were down to five players, essentially, and they're like, well, we want to finish this game. Technically speaking, we actually don't have a procedure for doing that scenario. Right. Because it right. is a forfeit in-game that doesn't hit any of our conditions. So this is one of those, like... We know what's supposed to happen, but it's not documented, right? right? So right. things like that is what we go through in terms of just clarifying procedure and making things more obvious. But then we also like incorporating new rules that we want to introduce. Right. And a lot of the times this comes down to making sure players are still safe, mm-hmm. giving whatever advantage we can to the defense because we know FPF is an offensive-driven league. Absolutely. Without doing anything gimmicky. Um, so we still want to keep it within the realm of football. So we're not doing like, you know, weird punt returns and that type of stuff or whatever. But we want to still keep it within what's considered football appropriate. Yeah. 
And we also want it to be something which makes the game more competitive, right? Yeah, so nothing that just like makes it all silly and just ridiculous. Well, it's like the onside rule, right? That I came to play last fall and became a mainstay, and it's changed games. So we'll talk about what we're what, what yeah. we're referring to. It has literally changed games, playoff matchups, and has made games uh, relevant if you're down by two scores with a literally a minute left in the game if you have possession. Yeah. So so start thinking about yeah. that. Normally what we end up doing is we'll put up like a form that you can fill in with your rule suggestion, uh, link either to an existing rule to modify it, or if you want to add a new rule, go ahead and submit that as well. Those go into our rules committee uh, agenda. We then vote on them. There's both player rep reps, staff reps, and uh, referee reps yeah. um, that are all there. So it's not like it's just the refs that decide on stuff. It's a combination of uh, criteria there. And even then, if you want to have rules specifically for co-ed, specifically for women, specifically for junior. Um, submit those as well because they also have their own section of the rule book for, for those different areas. Yeah, we laugh now. It's late September, but you know, winter season is not far away. It's, it's literally in three months, and it creeps up quickly. So, keep Have that. you seen anyone take a snap under center, by the way? Because that was a temporary rule modification we made for Fall Cup just to see how oh, it was no, going to be adopted. Not. Yeah. Are you people, surprised, though? I don't know if people know about it. I mean... I don't know if people know about it. Eeks. That goes back to what I was saying pre-show. Yeah, 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 it's true, eh? <laughs> yeah. The ship's been abandoned. There's, It's a directionless ship right now in the uh, Bermuda Triangle. Can't get out of it. Can't get out of it. All right, uh, let's dive into it. Uh, we'll start off with women's. Uh, Red Nation, uh, they, this is Iggy's question here, which is, you know, it's, you know, it's Iggy's question, by the way, he's, he words it, right? Uh, he writes, Iggy, has Red Nation put their offensive woes behind them? If yes, what's the biggest reason? And they're fine scoring more than six points. If no, what do they need to improve on? Okay, so I score kept the Red Nation game against our Brutes yesterday. Um, no, they have not, Iggy. Uh, Red Nation can like, – and look, Brutes is a fantastic team. I'm not going to deny that. We spoke about it last week, how them and Vortex are like the Alabama and Georgia of this division. Of course, you made the point not from this year, which is not the case. But the point I'm going to bring up with Red Nation is that Unfortunately, they just when they play against better teams like Vortex or Brutes, they don't have the speed um, to keep up with them. And this the closing gap of these teams when they see a ball in the air, they are like pythons out there. They snatch you and bam, the ball's out of out of harm's reach here. And you know, yesterday they did provide issues to Brutes in the first half. Brutes just kind of didn't get going to the second half. And they just turned it on to next level, and that was it. Then look back. I just think for Red Nation, look, they, they, it's all matchup dependent for them and who they face. You know, if they face the Wildcats, which they score 25 points, great. X and X, same thing. But when you play against a team like Vortex or a Brutes team, they have scored 64 combined points to the seven total from Red Nation. You just see that there is not – it's not a small gap, but it's almost a chasm with the best <laughs> of the best against, say, the Red Nation. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, they're going to be the gatekeeper team in the women's division, right? It's that they're going to destroy the weaker teams and they're going to get crushed by the stronger teams, predominantly by their offense, right? Like, their yeah. their defense has always done what the defense does, where they're able to, you know, keep their opponents down a certain number of points. But if the offense isn't helping them out, that means they're on the field a lot and eventually they get tired and eventually they have to start letting up points and everything. And especially if you have interceptions, that also puts your team in a bad position. So... I I don't know what to think of Red Nation, right? This is how many seasons of it. Yeah. I, I say this I feel like I say this every year where right. it's almost disappointing and then they come out and they make it to the championships and I'm like, all right, well, I guess they figured it out and then this happens again. So I just, I don't know. I, I don't know how to feel about this team anymore. They they they're a streak team. That's what they are. They, when they're hot, you say perfect. When they're hot, they're hot. 
unbelievable, and they deserve full credit. They've won back-to-back spring titles, and that's that's a testament to them. But you know, the reality is when they played, as you said before, when they play the uh, murderers row of teams, they just don't match up well with them. It's it's like again to go back to college football. It's like that recruiting factor, right? You know, you might be a mid-major program, and you bring in you know solid guys to fit your program, but when you play those five-star dudes out there. It's a different animal. And you look at a team like Vortex, uh, and, you know, Mola Castle even say it wasn't her best game, and they still put up 31 points. Yep. You know, in the first half, it was it was uh, 6 nothing for Brutes. My point is this. If that the Brutes, if they had converted on the red zone chances they had, I think they had two or three trips, and they went one for three, whatever it was, if they had converted on those numbers, it would have been 53-6 uh, to six, or 53-7 to seven at the end of the day. So have they improved our nation as an offense? No, but are they better than half the teams? Yes, and that's what they are. They're sort of like that Seinfeld episode where they break even. That's what they are. They'll break even, and, and that's what you want. You're not. It's like investing. You're not going to be uh, over uh, the big risk taker or no risk taker. There's that break even type of uh, investor. I think I do have a potential solution for this team, though. You know what they can do? They can get a subscription at BuzzFit with no initiation fees for all FPF players. Let's let the robot talk for 30 seconds to let the viewers know what they need to do. Hey, FPF players. Looking to take your fitness to the next level? BuzzFit Gyms has a special offer just for you. Join us today with no initiation costs. Get ready to score big in the gym and on the field. Visit us at BuzzFit Gyms and seize this exclusive deal now. All right, plugs over, Mo. You can continue. Okay, perfect. Uh, BuzzFit. <laughs> BuzzFit, uh, it's it's a spot to go. Hey, winter's coming, ladies and gentlemen. You want to keep yourself in shape because you know this spring one, is way, not far keep away. Looking at the other ones, this one. I know spring's not far away, guys. Spring is not far away. It's six months away. Wedding season is about eight months away. I know because I have two weddings next summer. I need to get in shape. That's what I need to do. I mean, I, you don't really need to. You you look good, actually. Thank you, thank you. I actually have a wedding this Saturday. But I got two weddings, including someone that I know very well. Actually, you know what? I take that back. You looked way better back then. <laughs> <laughs> Look at the arm. Wait, flex your arm? I can, man. Ah, you know what? No, no, no. It's, uh, it's pretty comparable, actually. Yeah. 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 All right. Um, best fit. Go check it out. Get yourself in shape. I got a couple weddings next summer. So I got to look good for those two weddings in June, actually. So I can't wait for that. Okay. So uh, next question is Maurice Paquette. Uh, one of the top snappers in this league, and Josiane Martin as well. Um, who I'm picking between those two? Very simple. Marie's Paquette. Uh, I love her game. I've watched her play the last couple of years, a couple of seasons, that is. Um, look, 42 catches, 408 yards in a, in a league, in a division that does not enable you to get multiple first downs, right? You get one crack, to, well, four tries to get first down, and then you move on, right? And for her to have 42 com- uh, receptions on 56 targets, it's a great number. I think she's an excellent player. She's a space eater. So she takes up a lot of space up the middle in terms of her, her ability to open it up. And that's benefited most for the Wolfpack overall. So Paquette's my player. And I wouldn't be shocked, Eagle, because right now at 42 catches, 408 yards, and five touchdowns, she definitely has a strong case along with Gigi Kabila Bonte for receiver of the year. Because you look at the numbers right now, the next window of players – they're at 282, 279, 231, 2, 211, whatever it is, 214, 210. 
So really, they've doubled up. So this might come down to Gigi Cabello, Bonte, and Maurice Paquette as being your one and one A. But I think Paquette's one of the best snappers in the women's division this season. One thing that I find interesting is that because you're playing five on five, the defenses are very different, right, than what we're used to in the classic men's division. We've always talked about how, you know, the snapper being the wild card in an mm-hmm. offense because you can run effectively any route or you can just be the the bailout option for yeah. a lot of quarterbacks. Versus when you're five, the center makes a big difference in terms of where they are in the field, right? You can design a lot more concepts around them and then covering them. It also becomes much more difficult. So they really does kind of showcase Paquette's ability to kind of just get open and carry this team with all the yards and touchdowns. Yeah, I think so. I think Paquette is, is, is that perfect prototypical snapper in, in this format of, of five on five, where the space eating that she does is, is beneficial for everyone else on that football field. And I think she's definitely something to watch out for moving forward for what she, what she can bring. You know, as for Wildcats, or Wolfpack, that is, and Wildcats in particular, uh, them Red Bull. Uh, like, right now for both teams, not the best start for them this season. Um, but when you think about it right now, who can benefit most? I think Wildcats can, because I think this team has potential. I know they played Red Nation Tough, lost by seven. They lost by 14 to Vortex, which is remarkable, because, again, Vortex is deemed the best of the best, along with Brute School. They'll play next at Mary Vic next Tuesday. But after that game, look, they get they get, they get um, Wolfpack, X and X, Red Bulls, and Red Nation. They could be four and four eagles uh, because they've gone through the uh, meat grinder of the top two hitters. And if they can put it together at the halfway point and get themselves back to that window, yeah, I think they can win two, maybe three, and who knows, maybe the last four. So I'm thinking that uh, Wolfpack is, or Wildcats, but a big point, will be the team to watch out for moving forward and how they built up so far. I mean, look at the roster right now in terms of who they have. Again, the quarterback play, uh, Catherine Bulduk is growing in. I know she's throwing more INTs at 11, but she definitely has uh, plenty of room to grow in terms of her style of play. And Josiane Martin, that's the player that Iggy mentioned before, the top receiver for receptions and yards and touchdowns. If they can figure out how to get the supporting cast, whether it's Sabrina Nouveau, uh, Audrey Pierre Black, or even uh, some other players like Sandra Clement, uh, that will help this cause here. So I think they can definitely learn from whatever they do against Brutes, but that final four games, circle those four games, they can definitely win two, maybe four. And remember, Mo, if you're looking at the standings here, right, you only need to finish top four for the double elimination. So right right now, at four games played, essentially, that's one win, right, with a tie. Three points is currently holding that four seed. So if your last four games, you can squeeze out six, seven, maybe eight points out of that, that's what that is, right? You're definitely still in contention. For sure. And, again, Wildcats, see, I always, you know, we've spoken this, you, P's, uh, Izzy, and I, um, that, you know, the women's winter is always the toughest division because it's the best of the best, right? Because that's when all the pretty much Olympian-level, like, athletes from the women's game show up and play. And you see it, right? Like, this past winter was phenomenal of what we had. And, you know, we talked about Sarah Parker, who we love and adore, uh, one of the pioneers of the women's division in FPF. You know, in that division, she's just above average, right? Because there's so many good teams and that's not, that's not a knock on her, but it's just the fact the quality of the women's game is so impeccable that when you, when you look at a team like this right now with Wildcats or even a Red Bull, um, these are growing pains that they'll endure that if they come back in winter season, this season will make them better that they could be in women's two, whatever they do, they can win three, four games and, and be much more stable because you come into winter season unprepared playing the FPF world it exposes you and it frustrates you. And this could have frustrated them, but now they're going through the growing pains now. And I think that 
when they hit January and they, if they stick around for however long they do, yeah, they're going to be okay. They're going to be better, and they will grow and learn from this. So I think Wildcats is the team I'm watching out for that can definitely make a run in the second half of this uh, Fall Cup. So let's take a look at Tier 2. Tier 2, my friend. Tier 2, absolutely. So, like, Tier 2, uh, we're seeing the old uh, recognizable names here. Um, but one team that I'm surprised by, though, is still CRA. This is a team that we know very well, the history of players on this team, whether it is the Mapunguara, uh, Mr. Bacalani, who we love and adore, and Alex, Alex Bacalani, whether it's Ryan Karouf, uh, Tom, Thomas Lajoie, Niro Suresh, these are guys that we know very well who played in the FPF for quite a while. They're only three Igs. And I'm uh, Igs, 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 Easy, whatever you want to call yourself, Eagle. Um, but I'm surprised because, you know, they, they had a bit of an issue on Sunday against Fins Up because they were missing guys who were stuck in traffic due to an accident, whatever it was. But this team should be better than what it is. Like, they're only three. They've been blown out in two of the three games. They lost by a touchdown to Voodoo. They gotta be better than this, Eags. I, I don't know what's happened to them, but they should be no worse than one and two. But they're zero and three, which is at the bottom of the pit right now, which is unbelievable because they have plenty of talent to work with, and right now they don't look anything near of what they once were a couple years ago. I think that's the part that worries me the most about this roster. It's not the fact that they've lost three games; it's how they've lost those three games. Right? They got absolutely obliterated by Dirty Birds. They got absolutely obliterated by Fins Up. And we just talked about it last week about how Voodoo is like that team kind of on the cusp and maybe doesn't belong type of thing. That should have been a win for this roster, right? right? And the fact that they only put up 25 points in that game and allowed 32 goes back to the problem that this team is suffering from, right? Like Ryan Karouf in three games has put up 400 yards. How? How is that possible? He's he's on a ratio of one touchdown to one interception at this point in time. That doesn't make any sense either. And his completion rate is, you know, at a half, uh, 50% essentially, at 10 yards a pass essentially. So this is not the Ryan Karouf we expect. And so I don't know if it's just the cast and crew is yeah, what's struggling these are right guys now. He knows very well. He's played with for many years. But that's right? why. So like, wh- is it just on him? Is it that they're not, you know, they're not syncing up? They trying something different this year and everything? Because it's not their opponents. Like, yes, kid, Dirty Birds, Fins Up, Voodoo. They're decent teams and everything. But I look at the roster and I tell myself, yeah, you can compete with this. So the fact that it's not even close in most of the cases so far is worrisome. Next week, they have the... Actually, technically tonight, when we're recording this, they have the Boys Are Back. Which is not an easy team. It's not an easy team, no. but they've so far only played like a single game, right? So Look, look at the schedule, though. Diamond Bougie. Forget about it. That's going to be hard. Easy W. Forget about Potentially it. Potentially hard. Your Brigade, they could get. Eh, and the infantry. infantry, they're not going to so get. So you're playing essentially three, if not four, of the top teams of Tier 2. And if you're lucky, you might get one, two wins. Yep. And you're in do- single elimination window at that point, yep. right? And but again, the- if, if these games were close, right, by a by an extra point, by a score, whatever it is, okay, fine, maybe, understandable. Yeah. But the fact that it's just the, such a difference is the part that is very worrisome. Yeah, it's me. a bit it's worrisome for me because this is a team that has a wealth of FPF experience and they have not played well, and I don't know what's happened right now. But speaking of Don Bougie, um, I'm, I'm circling this team as my favorite to win this uh, tier because even at 2-1, even at 2-1, because you know I, I got to catch the game against Le, Le, Le Pau Abasset yesterday, and they're due because, you know, last spring season, they, they came up short. You know, they, 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 they underachieved when they, they, they were coasting, and they just kind of underachieved at the end. But I look at them now, and what they have as a roster, Arthur Donion was one of my favorite players on defense, how he's played. Uh, Jerome Hovington, we know him very well. Jules Rajambal is a great player. Great player. Manu Alaroy, who we love now. You know, he's a, he's a darling for FPF. 
Uh, Noah Davies, another cool dude as well. They they have the 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 key ingredients for this dish to be delicious. And they showed to me yesterday against a good Basset team with led by Frederick Paquet Parot um, that they can win those type of games. And you know now they get Beer Belly Brigade, which they should win. Stoics did get them issues um, a while ago. I think will be a win for them. Still, CRA will win. It's Arouche that I think that might be the biggest issue, and Voodoo. They they could be seven to one, and that's why they're my favorites to, to run the table, be seven to one, be in double elimination status, and be the favorites to win this division. Eags because they have the right pieces in place of youth, high football IQ, and great team rapport on both sides of the football. So that last point, and I, you've watched more games than me, but I feel like Diamond Bougie has this issue where. They're almost having too much fun sometimes where they get too loose and start making uncharacteristic mistakes, right? It's like yeah. they're enjoying playing or they're just, I don't know, whether you're lighting up the scoreboard or making these crazy catches or crazy cuts, suddenly things become a little bit less focused. And then that one mistake, that one interception, that one drop, missed tackle, undercut when you shouldn't have, etc. Suddenly the tide turns in that game and then they start having to play catch up and like, are driving on the last play. I feel like... Maybe this is the year they clean that up a little bit and try and you know make a solidified effort, especially given I'll call it the disappointment from last year where they got so close but again weren't able to kind of seal the deal. Yeah, they kind of like the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, the Chiefs when they turn it on, they're running on everyone, right? But when they kind of keep it close and they get a little twitchy and they're like, oh man, like what's up, right? Similar parallels with the Chiefs with Diamond Bougie that they. They allow teams to hang out, hang around, hang around, hang around, and then they lose. Like, oh, my God, what the hell happened? But when they turn it on, they're unstoppable. And, you know, seeing the look on Manu Alaroa's face yesterday uh, before he had his game, there's a, different, there's a different focus on this team. There's a different uh, determination on this team. There's a different vibe on this team that we don't want to be embarrassed. We, we want to come up. Like, we're, look, I'm not saying there's a window here, Eagle, but – this is their chance where they could establish themselves as being the preeminent team to watch out for for the next three, four, five, six, however long they play in FPF. Because this core group has all those guys that you enjoy watching that can make a big impact. So Don Bush is the team I'm watching out for. I think they can run it. Look, infantry game changers are, are definitely excellent. Uh, fins up. I'm intrigued by what they've done so far. Uh, I love Sir William Power as a quarterback. I, as we said last week, I think he's on the cusp of becoming big time in this in this league and what he is as a player for FPF. But you know, you look at the on the bottom side of the um, dotted line of teams who are trying to chase and get to the double double elimination territory. Stoics can't discount Chris Rive. C Rev, you know, it's funny with C Rev when there's no attention on C Rev or Stoics, they do very well. Yep, and. We saw in the winter season they they had a final four run. We saw last year, well, I mean, the last couple of years when he's in that they've had some good runs. So Stokes is a team that you know even on single elimination status they can run it and get to the final four of, of FPF Cup and be in the final four. All we know that was we lose Chris C. Riff for camera work, but hey, good for him. And even Junkyard Dogs is that team that kind of like sits around sometimes. Yeah, but like they've that, been that achieving that though. Yeah, like you know, they have they passed their prime though. Probably. I'm not, but, I'm not talking about POP, the team that uh, plays in the league, but have they passed a prime, though? Like, but they'll always they'll sit there, right? They'll be that team where, like, when you look at the list, you're like, do we have to play them? You know, like, okay, even if you think you're better than them, it's still like that's the game you kind of try and avoid. Yeah, but you know what? Yeah. He's like, I forget what, se- what spring season it was. It might have been 2018 or 2019. It might have been 2018. Anyway, 
it was a year that they had a really loaded team. Like they they had all the parts in place. The car was revving. They were driving down the forty at one hundred and forty kilometers an hour without a uh, angst in their bone to say, "Hey, we're going to glitch up." And they flamed down the playoffs. And they they never recovered from that. They have never recovered uh, from that spring season where they were favorites to win. They had everything stars aligned to do it all, and they flamed out. And I look at this team now. Um, with what they built up. Brandon Bagg is a decent player. Uh, Chris Brockwell, we know him for a long time. Hugo Alamano, Jason Rossi, Laristis, uh, John Laristis, that I'm referring to, Ivan Desjardins. These are guys that Jason Rossi has trusted and, and believed in. But it's like they, they're missing that that piece that can put them over the top. They bring, they brought the Pollock Piers, and it hasn't worked. Yeah. And now here we are where – can they put it together and they'll be in the knockout rounds, but can they put it together to get into that double elimination bracket side to have that cushion to work with? And I mean, if you look at their upcoming schedule and everything, it's not going to be an easy run, right? Kiss my in-laws, dirty Loss. birds, the infantry. Those are probably L's and the Loss. ambush easy W are going to be tough games too. loss, loss, loss. I don't see when I am. Um, they might be one. Like I think two and six, three and three. If they go three and five, I think it's respectable. But reality is, they're at one and two, maybe one more win. Maybe one more win. So I don't know where that's going to come from moving forward. All right, on to tier three. Um, so Iggy has asked me to give my tier three top five rankings. But before we do that, I want to talk about uh, the Trap Stars West Island Boys game that I score kept at Mary Vic on um, Tuesday. Because? Because it was a stunning collapse by... Trap Stars. Trap Stars had an eighteen nothing lead. Look at the final score, Eagle. Thirty one eighteen. Shout out second half. Thirty one unanswered points. Stunning collapse. I I I've, I look we we you Izzy and I have seen it with uh, penetrators against three of the turf tools in the final, of which was a nineteen point lead. But this is stunning because Trap Stars was in control of the first half. Like, West Island boys looked a step behind the Pelé, didn't look into it at all. But it just, it just gave me more belief that West Island boys, led by Zach Stacy, who is growing into this quarterback position, he's definitely gotten better. Nothing faces this dude. Like, he's so cool that they could be down like 45 points and then win by 18. And he came in the second half, Scarlett Bailiff, who I love. I think he's one of the best underrated players that no one talks about in this league. Scarlett Bailiff is an unbelievable player. He he surgically opened up that trap star defense that had no answers in the second half. And it was funny. like The tables reversed where uh, Ryan Garber and some of his guys were kind of getting frustrated at each other. Jordy Melnick in particular that wasn't getting the ball. And, and the, the communication line was off and it got glitched up here. And you know, we spoke last week about Ryan Garber in this being in this in this division, how he is and what he should be, and we all think this is a great division for him. But we saw the good, the great Ryan Garber in the first half. Then we saw the chaotic Ryan Garber in the second half. Not saying mentally, but I'm saying from a perspective that he couldn't get first downs, he couldn't move the ball, he couldn't score points. That's the object of football: score points. 
do you think missing Cooper Young, who is DNP for this game because of the injury, impacted them? Because he's been a big por- portion of their offense beforehand when they had you know their other rosters and lower divisions yeah. as quarterback. But even now, yeah. just as a receiver and everything, and as a DB, they were playing six for this game, right? So everyone's on the field all the time. You start getting gas in the second half. That may have contributed to the fact that they weren't able to move the ball on offense and Absolutely. get a stop on defense. Absolutely. And and. I think also you may agree, bring up a great point, right? There's six. You look at West Island boys, they had like seven, eight, nine guys. And I think that helped them because it was a hot, humid uh, dome or, or complex in Mary Vic. And Mike Collard came up big in the second half. Uh, Baddy Bungji came up big in the second half. That defense played well. They, they had trap stars and a lot of fourth down situations that they couldn't convert. And it's stunning because Eagles, like 18-point lead, you should be okay. Like, <laughs> well, we we talked about the magic number now with the onside kick rule and yeah. everything is like thirteen, right? You and need was, to have they that. They didn't use the onside kick at all. Yeah, that's the crazy part. Yeah, and they still won by that scoreline. So anyway, um, I was, uh, architects of their own downfall was um, trap stars, and West Island boys, man, they they are good. They are fun. They have definitely earned their keep in this division for how they are. And to answer Iggy's point of my top five in this division here, Eagle. As I wait for the page to load up with the standings here, and uh, okay, so look, top five right now. Um, Please don't read the literal top five. No, I won't. That uh, would be funny though. It would be funny, but <laughs> I would not do that to you guys. No, I will not. Okay, top five right now. So look, I'm gonna go Joe Pini, Joe's Pini at number five. Um, at number five, really? Number five, number five. Yes. Even though they actually are sitting at number one. Sure, like it's like. Uh, it's like a, it's like a team you know who have a below five hundred record. I guess in the NFL playoffs with a division record, right? It's like the Panthers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Look, Joe Joe's Penny, like they are a good team. Zeb Tellies are there. Our, our boy Joe Margazzi is there. Uh, they have a great pass rush, which we know very well. Uh, Matthew Zebtelli is having a fun time at quarterback, and look, he's finding his rhythm with his receiving core. They do have a quality win over Blue Drive, which won by four points, which I score cap. Uh, but you know, this is a team that they beat West Island Knights. Not West Island boys. Not a good team. Weapon bar, eh. Rude boys, not a good team. So really the quality win is blue drive for them. So they're my number five team uh, at this point of the uh, tier three cup. Uh, what type of panini would they be? I would say like a sausage panini. Okay. Yeah, you know, uh, I think that's what they would be. A sausage panini. Uh, you know, it's not spicy, but a regular sausage panini. Okay. And that's what I think they would be. Uh, number four, I'm going to go with, you ready for this? Killer Race. Wow. Killer Race. Yes. Really? Rebounding from their spring season, which they went up in weight class and didn't do well. Uh, um, Bianchi, uh said to me at the in their last game of the spring season, we'll be back. They're back, baby. They're back, baby. Three and one, baby. They're back. Uh, look, I love Killer Rays. This is a team that has definitely the – they are the fabric of what it is to grow in this league organically. And this is a team that has rebounded well. You look at their wins so far this year. They beat the Penetrators. Rico Rays was a close loss for them. Um, and then they beat Baby Dragon Magic, who they've had a qu- quite a rivalry with of, of late here. They are my number four team. I love what they have, and they got some key games. Key games coming up here. They will play West Island. That's who they should beat. But Griffin Nation, they'll play Trap Stars, and they'll play Adelaide Pimps. So the last two games of the regular season or the opening round will give us a better idea. But they are my number four team right now. 
Killer Rays. So there you go for that. My if num- they were a panini, what would they be? A vegetarian panini. So wait, you you would uh, okay? I get it. In your case, vegetarian is better than sausage, but that's fine. Yeah, exactly. They're my number fourteen. Number three, number three, number three, number three. West Island Boys. Okay. Um, I love again. Yesterday, reaffirmed my belief in them. Uh, the I love the picture, by the way. Oh yeah, I have it. I had to send it to you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I got sent to. You. I should have sent it last night. By the way, my bad. My bad. I have all the pictures. It will, it will, 85%, man. We'll be in, like, we'll be in 95%. Yeah, actually, we were pretty good this year, admittedly. Yeah, we'll be so, good. Don't yeah. worry. By, by, by tomorrow, we'll be up. But the okay. one team. Yeah. One team. Yeah. <laughs> Great picture, man. Great picture. Look, um, they're in the ascendancy right now uh, for what they built up. Um, I remember winter season, they came up short in a loss uh, to Rico Riders, but they, spring season, they kind of rebounded and did their thing. And now here they are at 3 on one uh, A great quarterback, Cerebral and Zach Cece. Scholar Bill, as I said before, is phenomenal. One of my favorite players in this league. Um, they have all the tools to be you, uh, a really good contender in Tier 3. Again, their schedule of quality wins. Um, look, they took out uh, Rico Riders. They took out Trap Stars. Uh, they'll get Team Sexy, which is going to be a little plucky team here, but they should win that. New Diablo should be winnable. Light Work, again, should be winnable. Bandits should be winnable. So they can definitely run it and be a seven-win team by the time or, or seven-win team by the time we hit uh, the next round of games here. So they're my number three team, West Island Boys, uh, at this point, the Iggy top five. What would the panini be for them? There'll be a steak panini. I can see it. Yeah. Yeah, there'd be a steak panini there. You know, it's a good old West Island type of thing. A little like, Forty West. Uh, Forty West yeah. steak. You know, uh, this asks for a steak panini out there. Okay, number two. You ready for this one here, Eagle? Mm-hmm. Number two. I'm gonna I'm gonna really go off the board here. And I'm not I'm not going off the board because I want to be like that dude, but I'm going off the board because I think this team is uh, starting to really grow and how they are. Uh, illegal use of hands. You know, I knew you were gonna say that after you gave it the little preface and everything. This yeah. team is weirdly well rounded, if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah, they they got a good core. They got a good core in here. I mean, look. It's it's very Saint Leo heavy populated. It with, is, it's but a, I think it's the mix of things that makes it interesting. Yeah. like having Anthony CJ on this roster to calm them down. Yeah. leadership, leadership, yeah. calming voice. Uh, he'll calm the likes of Dan Lazara and Beckham uh, Barova. Well, Beckham's not a, a hothead or or loud guy like Danny Boy is, but but look, this is a good team. Uh, Matthew Samara is a guy who missed out last spring season because of work, but. He's a really good player. I, I love what he is. Uh, Anthony Lazara, I know no one really knows Anthony Lazara, but he's a hell of a football player, man. Like, this guy can change games, and he has done that at times here. And then, look, you look at, at Barazzoni as well, our boy, Alessandro Barazzoni. You know, he had a rough go at quarterback when he first came to FPF, but he's grown to that position now. And, uh, you know, for the ratio that he has through three games, 10 TDs, 1 INT, 1 sack, I mean, this guy can definitely put up. He's on pace for putting up over 30 touchdowns in the opening round of this thing here. So I think right now they are definitely my number two team before they have at, they've done so far. They crushed Blue Dry. Uh, they took up wide open bar. Um, they'll beat Bannis. The big one, I think, would be Joe's Panini. That's going to be a big test for Joe's Panini against this team here and how they fare against them as well. And then after that, though, they could, they'll smoke light work. They'll take out Rude Boys and Born 80. So they are definitely on their way to perhaps being undefeated and being 8-0. So they're my number, number two team. My number one team, Eagle, is... Wait, what type of would they be? Chicken cutlet. I feel like you put steak above chicken. No. Chicken's better than steak. 
All right, fine. Because steak, you know, you don't eat steak in a sandwich. Like, it's very... Yes, you do. I know, but it's... What do you think a submarine is? No, but what I'm trying to imply, though, is that, you know, for the meat eaters out there, which I'm not, when I used to eat meat, like, when I want a steak, I want to have it, like, the quality is the class of a steak. Yeah, I get it. Steak like, is a classy, like, like you want a good like ribeye or yeah, porterhouse. Yeah, it's a classy quality yeah, thing here, right? And and you, know, you kind of put it in a bread. It's kind of you know devalues the steak, man. Yeah, but it's like putting fuzzy dice in a Ferrari. You don't do that, man. Don't do that. And your number one team, Idaho Utapimps. Yes, shocker, shocker. They're they're my number one team right now. Uh, look, they're they're a good team in terms. What of an ha- angle for this picture, by the way. Down looking up. You know what they did? They just probably flipped the phone and on selfie the lens. mode. No, on the lens. So you know how you have the lens on the top right hand corner of the phone? Yeah. They probably flipped it and had the lens on the bottom of the maybe, angle here. Maybe. Anyway, um, I know Unipimps is a team that has definitely grown on me. Uh, David Gokovsky has really been a good quarterback so far. I get I got scorekeeper's game. Um, back in week one, in which it was in, in pissing rain, and he did well in the elements. Uh, they've beaten penetrators, um, Mangoose, they've crushed, and now they get a, a schedule where they can run it. The only tough game they have left is Killer Race, which could be for first place uh, in that group. But again, if you get to double elimination status, that's pretty much what you want to get. But they have a good balance here. You talk about uh, Lazarus' team or Arizona's team. That's a really good balance. But this is probably the second closest in terms of team balance of what they have. Jerome Hovington, Manu Alaroa, we know very well. Uh, Iggy Madness, of course, we know very well. This is a good team. And I think uh, if Roy Kelly can get himself eligible, I'm not sure if he's going to be there full-time. But if he's eligible, that changes games for them because he is a, a savant on both sides of the football and can change it with the way he reads the game feels so, reads the feel so well. He's a game changer. That's what he is. And I think that's going to be key for them moving forward. So that's my top five. Last one here. If they were a panini, what would they be? Don't say tuna. Please don't say tuna. No, no. Um, i trying to think, man. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Turkey. Turkey is your number one sub. No, it's not, but for them. Uh, okay. You know what? Because we, if we did top five subs, it'd be different, though. That is fair. That is yeah, fair. Yeah. You're just equi- uh, you're equivaling them. You're not ranking the sub no, themselves. Okay, I, I can accept this. Separate yes. highway. So why are they turkey? Because they're boring? Yeah, they're lean. They're, <laughs> they're lean. lean. They're lean. They, they make <laughs> you fall asleep, right? That's what they do. They make you fall asleep. You got to cover them in mayo? Yeah. Do you put mayo in turkey? Yes, of course. My God, a little Dijon mustard, too. Mustard, yes, but I don't know about mayo. Why not? You put both. I don't know about that. Why not? I put you know you know what's funny. Uh, people think it's gross, but I don't care. I put mustard with sweet potato fries. Uh, no, I like spicy mayo with that. Nah, like it's a little a sriracha, like a little kick. People think it's weird. I go, yeah, it's. Oh, it's not weird. It's what you do. It's fine. Yeah, but there's but there's like a ethics here on how to have your you know condiments with your fries. Like, you know, Eagle, I know you like to cook, and I see on your Instagram page as well. Uh, what is it, Eagle? That, Dak Eagle. Dak Eagle, there you go. And so Sunday, I um, I decided to have vegan burgers, which I – or I, I got it from, like, IG. I said, let me try it out, you know. I said, let me make a side thing here. And I was like, crap, sweet potatoes. Like, the potato itself is, like, massively expensive. Like, yeah. $3.99. I'm like, bleep that. I'll just take potatoes at home and make it, right? So I sliced up the potatoes, boiled it for five minutes to kind of give it a little bit of softness before I seasoned it. Seasoned it, 
with you know with uh, garlic powder, paprika, all that stuff. I put it in the oven for forty five minutes, and I had it with um, mustard. Got, you got to get an air fryer, by the way. Yeah, I know the air fryer thing is required, but I, I don't like the air fryer, man. I yeah, I get it. No, it has a different flavor. Right? Yeah. I totally understand. And but came, oven versus air fryer, I prefer the air fryer. Well, because it's quicker. Yeah. No, not that only that it's quicker, that it tastes crispier and everything. Yeah, given whatever. Sure. But deep fryer is still like the go to. Yeah, it's, it's just the, the arty clogger of arty cloggers, right? You know, yeah. but the thing is, like, if you do it from scratch french fries or sweet potato fries, it tastes really good if you know how to do it properly. Yep, agreed. It really is. So, anyway, that's for it. Our, for our YouTube audience, if you have a favorite sub or panini, leave it in the comments. We'll definitely take a look at these and judge you on your food taste. Yeah, exactly. Uh, look, we can have uh, our boy uh, Peasy. Because he has nothing else going on for him. He's at home doing nothing. Oh, speaking of which, I think he actually did send us a, oh. a message and everything. Oh. I got to go find it, though. Give me uh, give me a little bit. Yeah, no worries. Okay, lastly, before we wrap up Tier 3 here, like teams that on the red side of the uh, border of uh, single elimination, who can jump into the territory of the green side? Teams to watch out for. Penetrators, I think they can rebound back from what they were. Trap stars, I think they can rebound back, but they kind of have to play better football. Like It's been incredible how that was for them against West Island boys. Um, the team to watch out for is Blue Dry. Uh, they were phenomenal in the spring season and in the winter season as well, but they're off to a very glitchy start. So Penetrators, Trap Stars, Blue Drives, watch out for them. Rude Boys, unfortunately, I just think right now they're kind of out of their weight class. I know they want to go up every year, year, every year by division, but they kind of have to kind of slow it down here and just get themselves settled in here. Uh, Rafi Bastagian, who we know very well, who played with the Wolverines back in the day, uh, still growing to the position as a quarterback, and if he can get himself more of a set play or two to work with, I think that will help his development and growth. So watch out for Pantreas moving forward. Uh, did you get the uh, PZ? I do. You may oh, want to yeah. put on your headphones so okay, you can hear it, though. Yeah, make sure it's turned on. Yeah, it's turned on. All right. So this is uh, P sending in a message from earlier today. Hey, dude. Um, So I know my birthday is coming up, and that means I think I got to pay my license, but... Natalia hasn't had time to deal with that because we have the kid and um, that's kind of kind of your job. So if you can handle that for me, I, I'd really appreciate it, dude. All right. Thanks. Love you. Bye. That's, that's a you job. Great. Great. Thanks, Peace. Love it. You know, it's going to be funny. I think Peace is going to make you like work on your wedding day. I wouldn't be surprised. Like, he's going to make you he's going to make you uh, pick him up. Yep. I can totally see it. <laughs> <laughs> I can see the call. Hey, uh, Eags, uh, do you have space in the limo for Nat and I? No. No. Show up yourself. Okay, fine. I'll pick you up in five minutes. All right. On to co-ed one, co-ed two. Um, so here's the thing, right? The two teams that have victory so far, Vultures and Fit Squad. Who can rebound in the second half of the year and... Can they redeem their season here? Now, look. So what was the thing with Fit Squad about how they're terrible at outdoor games? Yeah, okay. So I, I made a point in the, in the spring season during the um, uh, co-ed coverage that Fit Squad have issues playing outdoors because uh, they lost a couple games uh, outdoors. They lost a few, I think, outdoors, and they were more indoor team. I said they're an indoor team. They're, they're a climate control football team. I guess Iggy made the point that uh, they are off to an awful start, which is the which is true at zero and three, and so far, right, their outdoor games have all been shellackings, like not even close. They'll get their first indoor game against Deep Balls, who, by the way, um, did beat them, I believe, in the spring season uh, on Monday at Mary Vic. 
I I think this is my okay. This is my argument for for fit squad. I think they can rebound back. I think they can rebound back because they're not a bad team. The only the only reason why I not that I don't dislike them or hate them, I just think that when things go against them, they become very irritating. And and I think they have to keep focus on what they have to do. Because when they have a lead in hand, they're they're fun. They're, they they have this bravado that they can be beaten and stuff. But when they lose, it's like we blame everyone, including you, Mokon. I'm like, why am I being blamed for? I'm just punching stats in the iPad here. So I think for them to play deep balls who they lost to is a good test for them. Because after that, they got kissed my end zone. Then they play the Vultures, then the IG team, and plenty of fish. Let me tell you, Eags, the next four games are murderer's row for fifth squad. I don't see them beating the IG team who came back to win uh, in, in great fashion, by the way, Team Primetime. Vultures, I think, will rebound and kiss my end zone. Deep balls is tough, and they match up But it's up indoors. Well. It's indoors, right, which can give them hope, right? It's going to give them hope. But deep balls match up well with, with fit squad. They, they, I must say they got physically or physical with them, but they, they had some physical moments which they didn't like, and if balls deep can, deep balls can get that going for them, I think it's going to be tough uh, issues for a fit squad. In a way, they're sort of a finesse team. That's what they are. They are a finesse indoor team. And then in, when it comes to vultures themselves, uh, they have also not had the greatest start to a season, but they've been competitive in both their games. So is there more hope on this side? I believe there is hope on this side because Ben McMahon will figure it out. You know, I don't, I don't, you know, I love poking fun of Ben because he's a good guy and he'll get it figured out because. Ben is a really good quarterback, and I know this team had Phil Roberts as a quarterback last year, and it didn't really work out. And and you know Rashad Valier went down, which hurt their offensive defense. You know they bring in Gigi Cabello Bonte, Emma Townsend, Esselin, who's a really good player uh, in the women's game as well. They have a good group, and you know James Drysdale is a great receiver. We know very well Phil Roberts is really good as well. I think they will rebound back. I know they got a tough game against Kiss My End Zone coming up um, uh, today as we speak, uh, which is being played at 8 o'clock, and that's why Iggy's not here with us. But, you know, after IG team, they can run it. They can be four wins, and I think that's a likely scenario for them. But the next two games is tough for them. If they can split and go one and two and be one and three, no problem at all. But I think for Fit Squad, they're in, they have more problems on Fit Squad for what they have to go through than with the uh, – Vultures up to endure. So I have a question for you. Yes. Ben McMahon, I remember when he first started playing, obviously tons of speed and everything, right? I think we mm-hmm. all figured that one out. Over the years, he's reduced the amount of running plays put into his offense. So just as a comparison, if we go back to winter 22, 44 runs. If we go to spring 22, 49 runs. Winter, 23, 42 runs. And then suddenly, last spring with Ambush, 24 attempts. Now with Vultures, three attempts. Now, granted, he has 14 with Ambush, but uh, for uh, with the other uh, roster he's on. But I feel like he's starting to trust his arm more. And I don't know if it's just trying to shift away from that run-style mentality and become more of a pocket passer and just use that as like an escape option. Or if he just trusts his receivers more and is trying to put the ball in their hands. You know who he is? He's Colin Murray. Yeah, really. he's Kyler Murray of this league. Kyler Murray, same thing, right? Like he used to run around and, and make plays and ab lib and be excited like that. And they said, no, you need to pick him up pocket passer. And, you know, he, and he became average, right? He wasn't the same effective Kyler Murray and unfortunately had the knee injury last year and may not play this year because they want to tank for Caleb Williams. 
but but Benny McMahon is Colin Murray because he's the same physical style, you know, of of height, weight, and what he does as a quarterback. But that's where he is more lethal if he is an RPO guy. Like, can he scare teams to keep them on their heels with attacking the pressure points with his running ability? Because if he freezes up that defense for a split second, you got James Drysdale, man. You got Phil Roberts. You got Manu Alahua. You got Gigi Cabello Bonsi. You got players that can make plays. You know, and here's the difference to Eags, right? Is he, can he make passes or can he make throws? He can make passes, but can he make that throw? And that's going to be key for him moving forward. Is can he make that throw? And we'll see. He's going to play some good teams coming up. IG team is on the, on the schedule. Uh, Iggy team is on the schedule. We'll find out where he stacks up with those two teams coming up. So, wait, follow-up question. If he's Kyler Murray, who is his Cliff Glicksbury? Oh, man. Um, did his dad play? I think so, yeah. Yeah, it would be his dad. <laughs> it would be his dad. Mr. McMahon. Yeah, you know, you know Cliff is a – well, obviously, the, the, if you put it on the screen – uh, the Cliff Kingsbury draft night. Uh, yeah, the picture of his house. Yeah, it's sick. God, man. I love that so much. Yeah, he's 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 a stylish guy. He's like, if you look at top five looking like coaches in the NFL, he's like number one. This fucking guy. Yeah, I love that man. What a gangster man. He's the he's number one. Like top five best looking coaches right now. Number one in my books. I always love how uh, Bill Belichick just just sitting in his room, his dogs on the webcam, Nike. and the whole thing, not giving a fuck. Yeah, Nike. Yeah, he means he's he's the one that made the pick for Cole Strange, actually. Okay, so IG team plays at ECW on on uh, Thursday. Uh, look, IG team they came from behind to beat plenty of fish. They were down big. I know some guys were missing early on. They came in the second half. There's there's a reason why I call IG team the prime time team prime because they have fun. They're they're exciting, and to see what they did with a smile on their face to come back and smash and grab the game from Plenty of Fish, they're definitely the favorites to win this division for Tier 1. Okay, I do need to ask the question, yes. though. Mode Lacasse was five interceptions. How many of those were very good plays by the IG team defense, and how many of those were just bad decisions made by Plenty of Fish? Don't think... I'm trying to remember because it was on the other field next to me. There was a couple of balls that deflected off of receivers' hands. So, really, is that Mo's fault? I don't think so. I don't think it was. But, but IG team, though, the key against Easy Fun will be this. Can they be patient? Because Easy Fun is a patient team with their offense. They're not going to – they're going to wait to see if you open up a slither for, you, for them to throw a 40 bomb. And that's going to be key for them is that can they – be patient and not jump the route too quickly because you got some good route runners on this on this easy fun roster. And when I look at Nathan Desjardins, good receiver as well. Uh, our boy Samuel Emilio Pelchat, good receiver. You look at JC Ferlon, he's a really good receiver inside the numbers. And that's going to be the key because if he's catching balls inside the numbers, it's going to be tough for um, – it's going to be beneficial for Easy Fun to open up the offense as a whole. And I think that's going to be key for them. And I think also the quarterback play too. I know Nick Blay has been the guy for them with eight touchdowns. If he remains patient because if he throws a, a ball that's not full velocity, those guys in Easy Fun can make a big play. So I think Easy Fun definitely has to remain patient playing against – our uh, team has to be patient against Easy Fun because they are going to be patient in their offense skills with they want to move forward here. Okay, so the bigger free agent signings so far, Ricky Cristiano to play in fish or Marvin Steinberg to kiss my end zone. 
I feel like Rocco Cristiano, the Plenty of Fish, is the bigger deal, and I'll explain why. Yes. Marvin Steinberg, I find, doesn't fit in the Kiss My End Zone offense because he's just another weapon in a list of other weapons that they have, essentially. Does that make does it make sense? Like, do, does yeah. he actually make the team better? Like, if he's not, if he misses a game and someone else shows up instead to play in that exact same spot, does the team get worse in that sense? I don't think so. Versus plenty of fish in Rocco Cristiano, I see him as a net improvement on this roster in terms of someone, a slot that he's actually taking. Yeah, look, look across the board, right? Seth Galina, Dylan Taylor, uh, Charles Minier. Annabelle Sheffield, Julian McLaren Thompson, maybe he's an exception to the rule, and Dagger Mosso. There's no burners. No. And Rocker Cristiano can burn you. He can run routes on you. And that's a missing piece. And I agree with you. I think Rocco is a better fit to make plenty of fish more dynamic and and more explosive, right? They they lacked the dynamism uh before, but now they don't have that issue. And look, already this year, they put up an average of thirty seven points through two games which is great, and they'll play deep balls who I think they can run it on them, and they get Kiss My End Zone, and that's going to be key, right? Can Rocco soften up Kiss My End Zone um, on that October 5th day outdoors? And that's going to be key in how they play. So I think Rocco is a better fit right now for Plenty of Fish moving forward. I think also, just to put in perspective, Kiss My End Zone is one of those uh, next man up type of rosters where, the can I say, the players don't matter, right? It's a system offense, versus plenty of fish it's a little bit more i'm not gonna say iso routes but mm-hmm. there's a little bit of a, a skill that has to come into it as well. oh yeah oh yeah for sure okay on to koa two um sub-zero uh this is a team that we know very well we had a reel about it this week actually yeah by yeah. the way subscribe to our instagram page to catch all the action and the clips exactly so iggy so iggy had to come pick up something for me and i was cool keeping their game against uh um free agents Last Thursday, and they actually won against Ball Hard University. So, congrats to them on the first win. So, impressions of this team so far. I'm still, uh, and by the way, they played tonight uh, as we record this show. Um, Iggy was on the side of, I can't believe, and I'll, I'll paint the picture what happened. They were up two scores against free agents in the second half. Um, free agents scored, and they're down by a score. On fourth down with three plays left in the game, um, Sub-Zero went for it. Didn't convert. Wait, wait, wait. Say that again. Fourth down, yeah. three plays left. Where were they field position-wise? From the 10. From their 10? Yeah. Sorry, one play. It was two plays left. Two plays left. From yeah. their 10? From their 10. From the Sub-Zero 10. They went for it. Why? Didn't convert. Why? Because it got, they had courage. No, they had stupidity. They had courage. Okay, wait, wait, wait. You're playing high-risk, high-reward football sure. in, a, in a time where you don't need to do that. Andre went for a fourth and 25. Yeah, but it's different. But how's that different from this, though? Because you... Okay. The four, Two plays from the 10, fourth down. I, Sarah Parker's your quarterback. You got Laurence Pompeyon out there. They didn't convert, Okay. Okay, fine, but here's the thing. If it's like if it's like fourth and one, maybe it's fourth and ten from your ten. What's what's your reaction if they did convert? That was stupid. That's I would have said the same thing. This is stupid. Why are you doing this? Yeah, sure. Like for me, the result 
does not equate to the decision. The, the correct decision is to punt it there. I'm sorry. It's the correct thing to do. There's one play left. So that's they what, have to throw the ball from their 10. That's what Iggy said. <laughs> and the next play, they score free agents. I mean, yeah, but what do you expect? You give them a, you give them a non-zero chance to win that game versus if they're backed all the way up to their own 10, the chance is so much lower, right? Like, I just don't get it. I just don't get it. I applaud them. I had no problem with it. I, I really didn't because you, we, we, will all, we will always criticize teams when they don't convert, which is how sports is, right, Eagle? That's how we operate in sports, pro or not. They went for it, man. Like, it, I, 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 don't, I don't want a team to be playing with some caution in their style. And Sarah Parker's like, bleep it. We're going to go for it. They didn't convert. Well, guess what happened? They got scored on. Okay, good. It's not the end of the world. It happened. But but I wonder now like if, if Sarah Park would think otherwise, right? And maybe punt the ball away. But you know what? My impression of them, they're good. They're fun. They, they've taken – they don't care who they go up against. They're going to play the best of the best. And they believe they're the best of the best for their style of play. And good for Sub-Zero. And I think they're going to be better. They got the win over Ball Hard University. And now, can they put together some wins and be that team to watch out for? I think they can win two, if not three games, and be three and five going towards the next stage of the knockout round. So, yeah, I'm cool with it. I like, I like this team as well. So, as for who can get their first win, Ball Hard University, free agents no more. Eagle, that's your team, correct? That is my team. Okay. Let's look at a quick uh, schedule. Look here for Ball Hard University. Um, let me get the roster. Okay, so... Well, they're playing this week against uh, what are you doing, Step Bros? Yeah, uh, and then they play. Actually, they're playing tonight, rather. And they play you guys on then Sunday. Then they play us on Sunday. Okay, so let's hope they lose. <laughs> let's hope they lose. So let's come down to the game that could give the f- that can crack the cherry for one of these teams here. You guys are them. Um, so Ball Hard University is a team that has Laurent Charles on this team who uh, plays on. With Ryan Kroof and a different team as well. You got some good guys in the team. Rami Abud is a good receiver. He's really good on both sides of the football. Didi Charles is a good player as well. Uh, they have a good team. I, I'm going to say, Eagle, sorry, man, they will get their first win of the season. I mean, that's fine. Just to put it in perspective, I mean, I'm not there for that game. Okay, so that makes it even easier for them. <laughs> so they will definitely get the first one. So give me them to get the first win of the regular season. But you guys won't be far away. I think you guys will get your win as well. So that's how I see it from there. As for the remaining undefeated teams in Tier 2 of uh, women uh, of Coetta, beg your pardon. So right now, the teams that are still undefeated right now and who we think will, will, will remain undefeated here, Kiss My Christmas Balls, Y&Y deep, Balls Deep. Um, I'm going to stick with Balls Deep. Uh, under the radar, how they've been going about with their business the last couple of years. Uh, this is a team that has put together a good roster. I know it's, it's very heavy in terms of what they have overall of, of, of a number of players on this team here. But I do like how they built it up here. Um, they do score points. They scored 30-plus points twice. Uh, quarterback play is strong for them and our boy Benjamin, Car- Benjamin Carley. And also, I think, as well, when you look at the receiving core, you look at Nathan Vizina, Xavier Paquet, Julien Marissette, Good players on this team. Emma Langlois as well as a good player. They have a good balance. So I think they will be the last remaining team that will be undefeated um, until otherwise. So I think they will be the one that will stay undefeated for the rest of the regular season. 
On to Tier 4, Eagle, as we wrap up here for this uh, week of CTA. Well, no, we got Tier 1 after this. Oh, that's true. I forgot about Tier 1. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Lol. Yes, yes, yes. Fine, we can't all be good at counting. Of course not. Of course not. Tier 4. This is an eager question, I guess. Of the, four, of the teams with 2-1 records, that's 4 to be exact, how many will stay in the double elimination side of the bracket when the regular season ends? Okay, so, so I'm trying to stand here. So, so he's saying, okay, let's open up the standings just so we can make sense of this idiotic question here. So there are currently one, two, three, four teams currently at two and one. Okay. Mega Ron, Bend Don't Break, Cookie Monsters, and Skull. How many uh, of course. How many of those teams, so there's four of them, will be in the top ten teams at the end of the season? I'm gonna see all four. I'm gonna see all four. All right, four. next question. <laughs> yeah, there you go. All four. I'll make a quick point here. There's no one on the, on the red side of the bracket that will jump up. Threat level midnight, no. Uh, mutation, no. Meat lovers could get into that if they get things organized here. Who they know? But I know. Um, but I think those four teams will be okay. I think the the key is which of those two and one teams can jump to the top three with Ramfins, Passat Abiat, and Steve the Turf Tolls. I'm gonna say a Bendel Break could be in that conversation. Um, that they can get to that top three or, or top four of this division here. So I think that is where it is. But I think all four are safe for the are that they will be okay to be on the double side of the elimination bracket. Um, which team with the tie will end up getting their tie and fall into the single elimination bracket? So the teams with tie so far is Ter- Toon Squad with two, Super Troopers with one, Salt and Pepper with one. I think Toon Squad's in trouble. I think that's a team with two ties. Eagle, you know very well how ties can benefit you in some ways, but can hurt you in many other ways. To have one, you can say, okay, I accept my fate, but to have two can really be trouble because that can hurt you in the wins in the point differential or the tiebreaker scenario for them. I think Toon Squad is in trouble because even that one own two, what they got to do is put together enough of an insurance policy of getting maybe two, if not three more wins to kind of set themselves up to avoid any scenario of uh, them losing out due to points or lack of points. So Toon Squad's team I'm watching out for that could be in trouble when it comes to falling on the red side of the bracket and not have the double elimination. The most in this division, Eagle, as I buy myself time, trying to get that page up over here on uh, Tier 4. Hold on here. What are all these ads, man, on the website? These ads are killing me, dude. Yeah, I know. Okay, I'm out. All right, uh, quarterbacks. Okay, Vincent Chung has definitely imp- improved. Uh, George Spann has played really well so far. Um, he's played very well. He could be your quarterback of the year. He's definitely uh, on pace for 35 touchdowns and could very well hit 1,300 yards uh, passing in the opening round. I uh, got to watch out for Nick DeLessi. Uh, DeLessi, a big party for Passat Abiat. You know, it's not sexy, but he's cute. That's what he is, right? He's a, he's a quarterback that keeps it cute. And he's not going to uh, beat you with a 40-yard cannon of an arm here, but he's simple. He's effective in what he does as a, as a quarterback. And even when, when he went down for them, you can see that they're missing that that oomph. And he brings it for, for Pasadabiat. So Nick DeLisi is the guy I'm going to watch out for, along with George Spano, uh, to f- get into the top three of this division here. So watch out for those guys moving forward. And you know, one more name to watch out in terms of what could be for them 
uh, overall is Tyler Stewart. Watch out for him for Sastras. I know they've not played well, but he's put nine touchdowns. And if he can get more rhythm and more consistency from his team, uh, they can get themselves a couple wins here. So watch out for Tyler Stewart moving forward uh, with Shats Rats. All right, on to Tier 1, my friend. That was a fast Tier 4. Well, it's a question that, that uh, Izzy had put together that was not really... So we're blaming Iggy for it, essentially. Yeah, it was like he just grouped them together, right? And, it, you know, it's sort of like played itself into that situation here. I know it's a little bit quick, but I apologize, but I'm only one by myself here. Just to put it out there, if you are in Tier 4 and you want us to talk about your team, send us a message, send us an IG uh, chat or whatever. Just tell us about what's going on, right? Like what, where you're doing well, where you're struggling, what you're thinking about for this season and everything. Uh, we may and likely will start introducing our caller segments back to the show. Oh, we have so to. We have uh, to. we'll just call random people up and ask how things are going. Oh, hell yeah. That may be you one day. Could be uh, oh, hell yeah. We need it. If I'm solo, we need calls, man. It makes it so much better. Okay. Um, tier one. Iggy question again. Whose position would you rather be in? Hashtag in art with a 1-2-1 record at the midway point of the season or Terra Squad at 0-2? Okay, good question, Iggy. Um, well, okay, to answer this question properly, let's yes. take a look at what's happened so far for these teams, right? So hashtag in art, like you said, 1-2-1-1. They have played Blessed, Run It Once, 4-5-0 Ballers, and Terra Squad. Which they won. Which they won. They have Maroons, Mangoots, Cap Friendly Braves, and KGP left on their schedule. Can we say they likely weren't going to be blessed? The run at once tie is good. The 4 4 ballers lost. The fact that it was close is good. The Terror Squad win is what we expected. And that it's probably going to go loss, win, loss, win. Yeah, like the th- this team here for Hashtag NR, um, they have Ryan Castro in quarterback, which is, which is good because now – Fingers crossed they found the answer to the question that they've been lacking. I know Corey Pecker was there, but he's back in Florida now, and he said this this was going to be his last year in the spring season. And they kind of went through like a, a rotation of quarterbacks. They did, they, they, and that's been their MO, right? Since, ironically, since our guy, Alexander Holowak, left, I mean, they've had a, a cast of quarterbacks, right? We can list them all. But Ryan Cash could be the guy for them, and it's still to be – to be debated about that right now because, again, he's been up and down with his team. Uh, they get Maroons 2.0 coming up on Sunday, which is outdoors. Um, as I said before, it's not an easy schedule. Mangoose is a high-scoring team here. Cap-friendly Braves is going to be problems, and KHP is going to be tough. And I think for what they're trying to build up now moving forward here for Hashtag NR, if they can get two more wins out of this, you're right. I think 4-4 four and four is good for them. And they're a good squad, but I think they, they lack – that one player, that that alpha player. And I'm not saying that to be insulting towards them, but look, Julian Granson's coming back into shape. Jordan McLaren, if he stays, is a good player. Julian McLaren's a good player. Ken Lamar's solid. Kenny Bay solid. Rashawn Perry, solid. Ryan Perry, solid. Sanders Armand, solid. And Travis Moses is solid. But they don't have that Pat Jerome that can do it all right on offense. And if Ryan Castro can find that within this group, it makes it a little bit more dynamic. So I think they're the team that I think has a good chance. I think for Terra Squad, the biggest problem for them moving right now with what they've done so far is that they've had some very like laissez-faire losses. Like I mean, they lost to Bless without Stephen Harper's at quarterback. They lost to Hashtag NR. 
Uh, both at Mary Vic. Now they play outdoors on Thursday when they play Cap Friendly Braves, which is not going to be easy for them. All right, like it's not going to be easy game at all, and that's going to be a tough one for them. And then Maroons 2.0 at Mary Vic on Monday. So if they could go one on one, it'd be one and three. Okay, not bad. Then maybe Ryan Lumiere, uh, they could beat four five zero. Oh, they're not going to beat KHP. Nope, never over time they will. So they might end up with three wins, and that's like a terror squad like effort, like three wins. So I think Hashtag R has a better, higher ceiling than um, than Terror Squad, but I think right now I'm more into the Hashtag R than I am for Terror Squad. Um, the last undefeated team will be who four five zero or blessed. Now, as we get the page up for four five zero and for blessed and their remaining schedule they have left over, both teams are three and zero. So let's start with four five zero first. So they have run it once in week four, and then they have blessed coming up. And then on blessed side, they have KGP next week, and then they have 450. So really, I mean, first off, okay, let's start with that one. Do you think blessed is going to be KGP? Um, okay, if Sir William Power and Stephen Harpersaw is there, then KGP will not be blessed. Okay, so blessed is going to win. Yes. yes. Okay. And then will four five zero ballers beat run at once? Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I, I, I. They, they have a, they have a list. So they then it list. really comes down to the matchup of these two teams. Yeah, I, I think the key for bless is they they cannot go score for score with four five zero because they'll get blown out of the water. They have to really, really make this a slow burn of a game and and not get into a shootout because they don't have that type of style of play to match up with them. But they can score 40. But the way they score 40 is like they'll score 40 and not in like in a in a in a in a robust way. They'll score it spread out. Like they're gonna take their time scoring 40. Whereas Lazar can score 40 in like five minutes. Like he's that typical NBA player that can score drop 20 and five. And that's what he can do with four five oh. And I think four five oh has a chip on the shoulder there's a different vibe about this team that that was maybe missing from spring season that you know maybe they were embarrassed because they didn't play well and they they were exposed at times and they didn't look well on the football field that is they have a mission and so far on this mission they've taken out cap friendly Braves there's no regard getting them a run and they smoked never overtime they beat runner once they're gonna run it and be eight and0 by the time we hit uh knockout round so Hashtag and R will oh, sorry, four five zero will be the last team standing when it comes to being undefeated of the regular season. And finally, Maroons, uh, they did they have their welcome back moment to FPF. Now Maroons two is a team that is more old school than new school. Uh, Chad Byers, the guy that has been in the league before, took a little bit of time off the last four or five, maybe six seven years, maybe eight years. Has it been that long? I don't know. Let me go Chad's uh, bio here. Let me see what's up. Chad Byers, let me look it up here quickly. Chad Byers, Chad Byers, Chad Byers. You know, it's not that hard. Yeah, it went to 2013. Wow. Wow, so it actually has been like 10 years. 10 years. Yeah. That's crazy. That's wild, man. Okay, so he, he had a bit of a, a rough game. Welcome back, bud. Yeah, you know, I'm happy to have Chad back. Chad, Chad's a guy that, you, you know, he will elevate the quarterback profile of Tier 1 because he's got that cash rate. So, okay, so they had a rough game, Chad Byers and uh, Maroons 2.0 against Cap-Friendly Braves. Um, in that game, 
uh, he threw four ints, and they weren't good ints. It was bad throws. It was not good. It was it was not a windy day. Too it was sunny in uh, Loyola. Um, I think they've hit a little bit more of the humble pie area where it won't be easy. And and you know we play a team like the like Cat Friendly Braves who are smart and the the cream of the cream along with four five zero. You cannot. Like you got you got to be smarter than them. You have to outfox them at times here, and I don't think Chad had the right plan in place to outfox them. And they'll play KGB today. Actually, at, right now the game should be over as we speak. But after that, though, you know you get hashtag and R, which they should beat. Terror Squad, they should beat. Run and Wentz will be a tough game, and then never overtime they should win. So I think if they could get two more wins out of it, again four and four or or even five and three is respectable for Chad Bars to come back after ten years not playing. So I think. They had their welcome back moment here, gone out of the system, and I think Chad will get things organized. And they're a good team, uh, Eagle. You know, you got Julian Fioli, Godino, former Laval, Ruggior, playing the CFL. Um, he's off to a flyer in terms of the receiving yards for what he's brought to the team uh, so far with 12 catches and four touchdowns. Anthony Vatran, we know very well. Matt Bond is a guy who's playing for them this year. Kevin Laliberte is uh, also there. And they brought in Patron. And I don't know if Patron will be a mainstay or not, but he only had one catch for four yards, but I think that would change for him. And they have a good defense to work with. So I think it was just one of those bad games against uh, cat-friendly Braves. But I think they did hit the reality moment. And now they kind of get things moving forward in the right direction. So I think they'll be okay. But I still think 4-5-0 is the best team in this division. It is now time for... Games of the Week! Brought to you by BuzzFit. Interplug here. Hey, FPS players. Looking to take your fitness to the next level? BuzzFit Gyms has a special offer just for you. Join us today with no initiation costs. Get ready to score big in the gym and on the field. Visit us at BuzzFit Gyms and seize this exclusive deal now. And there we go, Mo. All right. Let's go through these games of the week. Let me make sure I get the right track. There it is. Excellent. All right. We're going to go in the same order we did divisions here. So we're going to start with the women's division. Yeah. Vortex, X and X. Vortex. Brut, Red Bulls. Brut. Wolfpack, Red Nation. This is a good game. Um, give me Red Nation to win in a close one, though. Wildcats, Brut. Brut. Wildcats, Wolfpack. Uh, Wolfpack. All right. We're going to go to Tier 2. Easy W, the Infantry. Uh, Infantry. That's what she said. Les potes à uh, Bessette. Junkyard Dogs, Kiss My In-Laws. In-Laws. Dirty Birds, The Boys Are Back. Uh, birds. Ambush, Junkyard Dogs. Uh, ambush. Kiss My In-Laws, Fins Up. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Fins Up. The Stoics, Diamond Bougie. Diamond Bougie. Ambush, Les Potes à uh, I'm going to go but The Infantry, Beer Belly Brigade. Infantry. Still CRA, Diamond Bougie. Bougie. All right, Tier 3, New Diablos, Mangoose. I'm going to go with uh, Mangoose. Bebe Dragon Magic, Idaho, Utah Pimps. Pimps. New Diablos, Bebe Dragon Magic. Uh, Diablos. Illegal Use of Hands, Bandits. Bandits. Illegal Use of Hands, Joe's Panini. Panini. Trap Stars, Blue Drive. Oh, sorry. Illegal Use Hands. Uh, sorry. I'm going to take Illegal Use Hands in the first one. Against Bandits? Yeah, Bandits. I apologize. I, I mistimed it. And then I'll take George Feeney in the second one. All right. Trap Stars, Blue Drive. Uh, Both need a win here. I'm going to go with uh, Trap Stars. Team Sexy, West Island Boys. Web. In and Out, Bandits. Ban uh, in and Out. 
Lightwork, The Rude Boys. Lightwork. The Penetrators, Rico Riders. Riders. Wide Open Bar, Idaho Uta Pimps. Pimps. Mangoose, In and Out. Uh, In and Out. The Penetrators, West Island Knights. Penetrators. Killer Rays, Griff Nation. Rays. All right, co-ed tier one, Vultures, the IG team. IG. Fit Squad, Deep Balls. Uh, f- deep Balls. We're going to go Deep Balls. Yeah. Vultures, Easy Fun. Uh, easy Fun. Kiss My End Zone, Plenty of Fish. End Zone. Co-ed tier two, Free Agents, Kiss My Christmas Balls. Free Agents. Why and why? Who's going to carry the boats? Why and why? Balls Deep, Sub-Zero. Sub-Zero. Free Agents No More, Ball Hard University. No more. What you doing, Step Bros? Predators. Preds. Ball Hard University, why and why? Ball Hard. Who's going to carry the boats? Free agents. Free agents. Tigres, free agents no more. Free agents no more. Ooh, look at you. The two games, I'm not going to be there. Exactly. They're going to win. Lovely. Uh, tier 4, Threat Level Midnight, Mutation. Uh, mutation. Toon Squad, Cookie Monsters. Uh, Toon Squad. Chat Rats, Bend Don't Break. No break. Skull Bloodline. I'm gonna go. Of course you do. Meet lovers, Leos. Uh, lovers. Leos, Ben don't break. Ben don't break. Pack a punch, meat lovers. Meat lovers. Pasta Arabiat, Bloodline. Spicy pasta. Only flags, Mega Ron. Uh, Mega Ron. Hude, Super Troopers. Troopers. Mega Ron, Wind Diesel. Uh, Wind Diesel. Save the Turtles, Chat Rats. Turtles. Threat level midnight, wind diesel. Wind diesel. And then lastly here, we got tier one, Maroons 2.0, hashtag NR. Uh, Maroons 2.0. Cap friendly Braves, never overtime. CFB. Royaume Luminaire, run it once. Uh, run it once. Maroons 2.0, Terror Squad. Uh, Maroons. KGP, blessed. Blessed. Terror Squad, Royaume Luminaire. Terror Squad. Run it once, Mangoose. Run it once. And 450 Ballers, blessed. 450. That's going to be our games of the week. All right. That is it. Solo show today with no uh, Izzy. Yes, he was playing football today. But he will be back next week. We're in October next week. We are in October next week. I will not be here next show. Oh, uh, right. Yes, yes. I am what away the, for business purposes. When are you back? I'm back on Thursday evening. No, but we'll be back for the next show because we got to do the Christmas uh, the Halloween candy challenge. Uh, oh, we got plenty of time for that, though. Yeah, yeah, I'll be here for Halloween. That's for sure. Okay, perfect. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, we do have a closing thoughts from Pease. Yes. Um, I highly suggest putting on your headphones just yeah. to listen to it and everything. If you want to set them up for the magic words. Uh, magic words, Pease. Uh, wait, wait, wait. I got to redo this. I, I paused it by accident. You ready, Mo? Magic words, please. Oh, Eeg's incredible thought. Um, if an egg salad sandwich is a sandwich that contains, like, no lettuce, then is an omelet just a hot salad? Good night, Damien Leather. He's not wrong. That's no, true. 